You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Wisdom Podcast with myself, Vidushan Akhantaraja. We've got Editor-in-Chief of the Wisdom Cricket Monthly, Phil Walker here. Phil, welcome. Afternoon, Vish. Uh, we're here at Lords. We've decided to swap the Oval and uh, go upriver. We, we only do test match venues. Right? Yeah, no, no, kind of exclusively. And in the London area, which is uh, probably says a lot to all our bias. Towards, yeah, indeed, uh, yeah. Let's not dwell on that. Um, we're very, very glad to have Jason Gillespie here, former Australian quick 259 test wickets, coached Yorkshire to the championship in 2014-2015, now as Sussex coach, taking them to finals day, currently second in Division 2, pining for promotion, and as we're contra- contractually obliged to do, um, scored a double hundred once. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, Vision. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate uh, you... Uh, reminding uh, me of uh, the double hundred. Not a day uh, goes by when you don't do no. that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the bowlers, you always remember your batting efforts. And it's just like all uh, all batsmen who get to bowl that rare time in test cricket. So I remember Mark Taylor, he probably couldn't tell you about all his test hundreds, but he can tell you about his wicket that he got. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just one of those things, I suppose. Uh, we're actually here watching your uh, your Sussex side against Middlesex, and it, it is on a knife edge. Obviously, by the time this goes out, the game will have been done, but this is probably quite a unique experience for you, and thank you for joining us when the uh, no, no game is in this situation. Yeah, 51 for two. We're, uh, we've got another 180 to get, so it's going to be a tough challenge, um, but a great challenge for our boys. Um, you know, to, to uh, test themselves against a very good attack um, and, you know, chase a, a total. So it's it's um, it's a good experience for them. I was actually, I saw the T20 game here between yourselves and Middlesex last month or six weeks ago or so. Yep. And uh, Joffre, only the second time I'd seen him live this season and just irresistible yet again. He took five in this innings. Now, you must be kind of tired of constantly talking about it, but... So the uninitiated, what, why, why is English, English cricket so enthralled to this kid? 
Uh, he's uh, he can change games. I think that's the that's the thing about Joffre. He he can find a way to have a real impact in a game really quickly. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that really stands out about him is he's obviously a very skillful cricketer, um, very talented. You hear all these words, um, and and he gets the job done more often than not. It's like he's having a ball when he's doing it as well. You know, completely he, at ease in his own skin. He is almost childlike. He just he loves the game so much. He just wants a ball in his hand or yeah. a bat in his hand. He he rates his batting very highly. And uh, do you? He, he, I do. Yeah. He he gives him a whack. He he really does. He's yeah. he's, he's a good batter. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he found himself moving up the order uh, in time. As he puts the time and effort into it, he, he works hard at his yeah. game. So, um, look, he's he, he's certainly an exciting cricketer, that's for sure. Are we putting too much emphasis on Jofra Archer? I feel like we're... Oh, he's down. Put him down, folks. <laughs> this is old news in a week or so when this comes out. But it's just been nicked and dropped at slip. But to the here and now, are we, put, <laughs> are we putting too much emphasis on Jofra Archer? We like getting excited about these young up-and-coming things, don't we? I, I think the key is, I think there needs to be a little bit of perspective and... I mean, just, you know, I know it, it, it is uh, quite common in the media if someone is performing well and they're, they're playing some exciting cricket. And, and I think in sport in general, you know, people get excited and, um, you know, build them up. But I think it just need a bit of perspective and ju- just allow the lad to play the game and, Do you know, you know keep you... learning and, and keep trying to improve. And, and, you know, if the opportunity comes where he can, he can play at the next level, then just give him that opportunity to experience it and... Um, you know, because all, all all players, all sports people have their ups and downs, and uh, um, you know, that, and that that's just part of being a professional sportsman. That's how you learn. And um, is, is there a suggestion that he, he they are able to fast track his application? Do you know what the, the latest the, is? Genuinely, we don't you know. Don't know so okay. we're, we we are a bit unsure because if they do, if that does happen, and then he, he does get selected for England, I mean, that's you uh, have to change your plans as well. We've you know. We yeah we'll have a, a bowler on our staff that um, is not available. Yeah, um, which sure. you know is it's not unlike any other county, I suppose. Um, but we, it, just a bit of clarity around the situation, I think everyone's waiting for. So I, from my understanding, you know, there's um, there are meetings mm-hmm. that are going to be happening in you know the next couple of months. So look, as a county, we just wait, um, and and whatever decisions are made, we just we just go with it. He's one of a number of exciting things that's been happening at Sussex. Um, I suppose just to dip into the overseas player, just because the announcement was made today that Rashid Khan. Yep. He'll be joining you again next season. Um, he's been something of a revelation. You would have seen him at the Adelaide Strikers anyway. But... Yeah, I, I managed to uh, get him over the line uh, to come to Sussex um, in the first place, which was, which was great. And just after having spent time with him and we signed him at, at the Adelaide Strikers, and he was great for us there. Um, he's been absolutely brilliant at Sussex uh, this season. The, the lads love him. He's fitted in really well. Um you know, it's just very enjoyable. and It's one of the uh, great stories, isn't it? It's one of the great modern stories, really. Absolutely. And, uh, I think, you know, I think with, as, a, as a young cricketer, someone who's so giving of their time and um, to help their teammates and just want to be part of it and just that real just enthusiasm for the game, I think, is, you know, it's really infectious and it's rubbed off on... Uh, it certainly rubbed off on the Adelaide Strikers lads, um, uh, and certainly rubbed off on the on the Sussex boys. And they love having him around. He loves being around, and and it was an easy. He said it was an easy decision for him to 
to commit to Sussex next year, which is which is great for for the T twenties. For the T twenties, yeah. Any murmur of maybe four day stuff? Bearing in mind as well, I mean, Mushtak was of course a legend at, at Sussex, you know, and uh, and you've been around great leg spinners all, all your career. Um, Rashid's clearly a phenomenon in T twenty cricket, but to get into that next level, do do you think he needs to be playing for four day cricket? And the odd five-day... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what his thoughts are regarding four-day cricket. I know that they had their test taboo against India in Bangalore uh, recently, and uh, I think he learnt a lot. Uh, I think they were trying to... Uh, he was trying to bowl a wicket-taking ball every ball, much like his T20, because yeah. he only bowled four. He said four, that himself. Four. Yeah, um, yeah, so I think they, they learnt a lot from that. And, but again, it comes down with Afghanistan. They, the only way they're going to improve in the longest form of the game is by playing the longest form of the game. And, you know, this is where... Um, you know, it comes down to administrators and, and boards to get the um, the schedule right and, mm-hmm. uh, and and afford opportunities. So, you know, the big uh, test-playing countries, um, you know, play games against the, the smaller test-playing nations and, and give them opportunity. You know, we, we just see that um, uh, Ireland have got test status in recent times and, and the only way they're going to progress as a, as a test-playing nation is by playing more test cricket. So... So that's something for the administrators moving forward to think about, um, and hopefully these these smaller countries can can get that experience and uh, and we can continue to grow the game. Am I right in thinking that he's unavailable for finals day, Rashid? He won't be available for finals day, um, which is which is a shame. Um, we, we'd obviously love to have him available, but there's an Asia Cup game I think on the Monday, and it's in Dubai I think or Abu Dhabi, and uh, it's just too much of a it's too quick a turnaround. And and we didn't expect him to be available. Yeah. Uh, we knew that, um, but you know what? Well, it's always worth 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 an ask. He seems to have, as you said, he inspired the players around him by, I suppose, his personality alone. But having someone of his caliber in your team, he I suppose allows everyone else to go and do their own thing, to focus on their own game because they know that you know you've got four overs of, of some of the best leg spin you're going to see around the world. Someone like Laurie Evans springs to mind actually. Obviously, a different discipline. He seems to be a completely changed player from how he was last year. Yeah, we, we gave Laurie the opportunity to bat up the order, so he's, he's never batted three before. Um, just felt We just felt um, as a club that you look at your batting order and, and how can you best utilise your resources, and, and we felt that um, number three would really suit Laurie and, and suit his game. So he, he does... It takes a little while to get going, you know, that, that ten balls just to just to get used to the pace of the pitch and the, and the conditions and whatnot. So, so we felt that the more balls he faced faces you know potentially the more effective he's going to be so so we're delighted to be able to offer him the opportunity to bat higher um you know it's worked so you know, we, we can't really complain with that he, he's been very good moving on for the uh, issue 11 of the wisdom cricket monthly phil uh, yep. tell us a bit about what we've got in this beautiful Shiny man in front of me. Yeah, it's a bit of a showstopper. So, uh, Mr. Coley uh, gave Joe Harmon uh, an hour of his time. Uh, it's rather precious time, to say the least. Uh, he's a man much in demand. It only took us about two and a half to three years to get yeah. to get Virat. A few hundred emails and phone calls, um, a few blind alleys, a few false leads, but finally uh, we managed to secure some time with him in a in a West London hotel just before the start of the series and. Um, he was everything you could have absolutely hoped for, really. Um, he does. Every, he doesn't leave anything out there, does he? Everything he does, he does with absolute commitment and focus, and that extends to his 
extracurricular stuff. And he says that himself. He says it in the, in the piece. He says it in the interview that um, he he sees uh, he he thrives on the pressure. He thrives on the spotlight. He thrives on the intensity of his life. Um, I guess you can't have it any other way, I suppose. But whereas some characters would be diminished by it or cowed by it, he thrives in it. Um, and so he gives, as he says himself, if, if he does a photo shoot or if he does an interview in a magazine, which is rare, incidentally, uh, then he gives it as much focus as he does when he's having his nets in the morning. And of course, famously, no one trains as, as intensely as Virat Kohli. Um, and while to immortal, mere mortals like ourselves, the thought of being on it all the time would, would be quite an intimidating psychological challenge. But for him, this is his, this is his lifeblood. You know? This is what he thrives on. And it really does come through in the piece. Um, he's married, of course, to Anushka as well, you know, who's a Bollywood titan, really, you know, producer and actor, an actress in, in Bollywood. And they, they have equivalent public uh, levels of, of um, adulation expectation um, and, and he says quite openly I, I couldn't be married to anybody else yeah, that they kind of need one another in order to stay sane in the eye of the storm so it's, it's a fascinating kind of psychological study as well as a fascinating piece on, on the finest batsman yeah. on God's earth as we speak uh, and, and Joe, Joe being Joe he does yeah. it brilliantly of course <laughs> and, and, and there's a sense of humour there. There's there's a kind of self awareness there as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He seems to quite good. He seems to be quite good at looking at him, looking at himself and the mistakes he made as a young yeah, and, and, and openly him. laughs at himself. Yeah. He laughs at some of the excesses of his youth. Um, and yeah, if you go in there ambivalent about Virat Kohli because of the the character that you see on the pitch, then this will disabuse you of it. He's, he's a really strikingly special, extraordinary geezer. And it really does come across in this article. Joe, of course, as I say, did it absolutely perfectly. And then just, just the icing on the cake, I contacted Mike Brearley a few days before we went to print um, for a kind of a think piece about the nature of genius, where Cody fits into genius and so on. And Brearley, 45 minutes later, uh, sent me an 850-word article. <laughs> there you go. 45 minutes for 850 words. Now, Vish, you used to send me my articles when I used to uh, when you used to work for me, and you used well, to a couple of months, couple of months about eight hundred and fifty, whereas really forty five minutes. It's on the tip of his tongue, though, isn't it? I've got I to guess really, so. Really dig deep for mine. Um, <laughs> Jason, you would have watched a, a bit of him certainly when he f- maybe when he first came over here in uh, in two thousand fourteen, and now what are the differences you see as he sits here currently, the leading run scorer in the in the series? I think he's just. Uh, continually evolving and working out his game um, you know as, as you guys just mentioned he, he he's got an incredible work ethic uh, he, he would have there's no doubt from 2014 to now he would have reflected on uh, on that tour and, and how he went about his work and the lessons um, you know he learnt from that trip and and he's put that into practice and, and practice you know there's no doubt he practices very specifically on how um, in, in his game how he's going to get better, and and we're seeing that now, and you know we're seeing, you know the best player um, going around. I, I must admit, I, I just I just really enjoy watching him bat. I just, I just like seeing good cricket, and um, you know watching fine players, and and he's he's up there with the very best. There's no doubt about that. Were, were there were there players in your era that you would bowl to, and you'd sometimes be uh, clueless if you like, with with all due respect, about how to get them out, or were there players that had the wood over you at, at that kind of level? Um, 
You guys had players that um, played well against you, but never had the attitude that someone had the right. wood over us, uh, wood over me personally. I, my focus was I, I always felt in control because I'm the one yeah. holding the cricket ball. Right. Um, so, but you know, it always, you know, you knew it was always a challenge because you're playing international cricket. You know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You know, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, and challenging. But you know, the, I, I was at the mindset of you know trusting what I do and you know my preparation and just you know go and do my job, which was to bowl a ball and hit that spot on the pitch as often as I could, um, and and create opportunities for my team that way. So I, I basically not took the man out of it at all. It was you yeah. know you, you understand that you know certain players you know can can play slightly differently, so you might slightly adjust your plan or your, mm-hmm. your line or your length, but. Overall, it was um, you know try and keep it as simple as possible. Hit the top of off stump and yeah. and and be ruthless with that and be really disciplined. And um, you know some days it, you know it comes off and you have a field yeah. day. Other days it doesn't quite. You know I remember playing um, you know a number of test matches where thought bowled really well, but just you know, opposition. You know the individuals yeah. or the team were too good for us. I, I um, guess that's what I'm alluding to as well. I mean. Yeah. Jimmy Anderson this morning, uh, day two first session, and Jimmy hasn't got uh, Virat Kohli out, and we're talking into the fourth test now. He still hasn't got him out this summer. Um, and another one early on in Virat's in is he pushes, pushes hard, bit of late swing through the kind of vacant fourth fifth slip, uh, runs away in the air down for four. And Jimmy by this point is almost on his knees because he's beaten him all ends up a number of times across the summer. He just can't find that wicket. Um, and it, it relates to a stat that Crick, uh, Crickviz have uncovered and it features in the magazine about Kohli. Now, no one for a second is disputing his preeminence, his brilliance, his borderline genius. He's been the star player for two years and obviously this year he's dominating the series. However, in 2014, he played 39 what's, what Crick Viz determined as false shots and he was out seven times against the Seamers. After three tests, he played 118 of these uh, so-called false shots and he'd been out twice. So 118 for two versus 39 for seven. Now it's a stark uh, measurement, of course it is, and there's been adjustments that have been made. He, he's further out of his crease, he plays with softer hands and so on and so on. But it, it jumped out at me, that stat, however kind of blunt a tool of measurement it might be. Um, and do, do cricketers kind of, do, do they fall back on questions of luck when, when it's not going so well for them? Will Jimmy be saying to himself, I've still got, I've still got Virat's number. I'll still get him out tomorrow morning, uh, despite the fact he hasn't got him out in a month. I think there's a, a general train of thought as a sportsman that um, basically along the lines of the harder you work, the luckier you get, and uh, yeah. things tend to fall your way if you put the effort in and put the work in. And I, I look whether that's a tangible or whether. Um, <laughs> People believe that or not, if it, it, it's it's something there. I mean, it, it it creates good habits, doesn't it? So, you know that that was I know certainly when I was a player, I I just thought, well, you know, hopefully things will go my way, mm. but I've got to earn the right for that to go my way, and yeah. earning the right is be disciplined and and put in the hard work mm. and, uh, and and be patient, and uh, that, that's kind of yeah. I, I don't know that, that's kind of how. Yeah. I went about it and I encourage players that are, uh, I coach to, you know, there's work hard, um, enjoy yourself and um, 
you know, trust trust your game mm-hmm. and, and go out there and, and play and mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and along those lines, yeah. you know, let's let's just work hard and, and you know, all those sayings. There's a lot of sayings around, isn't there? Fortune favors the brave, and, and the harder you work, the luckier you get. All these phrases. There's there's so many of them, but I, mm-hmm. I think the general feeling is that if, if you just just put the work in, things will. Uh, Things will, may not happen overnight, but things will go your way. Speaking of um, putting the work in, one, one core group who've played quite a big part in this test series that seem to have put the work in and are reaping the rewards is that India pace attack. Now, yeah. There's a stat I saw today that since 2015, as a collective, the, the, the pace attack for India has averaged collectively 28. Is that right? Yeah, which is remarkable. I think for no five-year period have they ever averaged <coughs> under under thirty-four. And you had one of them in particular, Ishan Sharma, who mm. seems to be having an absolute field day. I think his um, his career average is thirty-five, but since two thousand and fifteen, it's been twenty-eight, which shows a stark improvement. Yeah. Um, mm. What was he like to do? Did he surprise you at all? Because I think England, are, England, English fans, pardon me, are slowly getting over this. Oh, he's a bit of a cart horse, and you know he's. A, Someone with you know funny hair who just comes in. Mm. That was never my impression. Just just briefly, never my impression because I remember him against Australia when he first came through, and yeah. and and Ricky Ponting, one of the greats, was he really struggled against Sharma, and you could see clean bowled him a couple of times with a couple of breakbacks, and you saw that Sharma had a kind of natural ability that you would have assumed would have led to what we have now seen. But there was that that kind of gap in the middle, wasn't there, when he, he struggled for rhythm, struggled for respect as well. I think in Indian cricket. I think it's uh, in answer to your question, he was he was very good at Sussex. I mean, that's you know, in this day and age of workload management and the likes. I mean, he got off the plane. He said, "Oh, coach, just feel like having a bowl. Just want to get used to the Duke ball." And he bowled for the best part of two hours. And you know, in these days, it's almost unheard of. Yeah. The, uh, the sports and science and medicine will be uh, jumping down your throat if a bowler bowls for that long. But he he wanted to start feel good and get into his rhythm. Eyes. Um, and that they showed they showed showed our seamers what you know why he learnt a lot about English conditions. Um, there's no doubt about that. About the lines, he, he's done very well, and it's not a real shock to me that he's he's, yeah. he's bowling well because we, we saw glimpses for Sussex as well. Oh, he didn't shut up about that either. He was <laughs> <laughs> he was very happy-ish, and he batted beautifully. But he but again, it, it comes back to that thing working hard. He put in a. Really good to see him get that half century. It was a it was a popular half century. Uh, the yeah. boys really enjoyed it. There was a lot of effort that had gone into his batting, and uh, to see him rewarded with a half century was. Uh, Dern goes to Worcestershire to mm. talk about how they're doing things over there. They've got obviously an incredible. Bro. They had nine homegrown players. Uh, seem to have this cartel of bowlers as well. Josh Tuttle, the mainstay, but then Pat Brown, Dylan Pennington, Adam Finch. George Scrimshaw, um, Dizzy would be someone who was at Yorkshire who prided themselves on their production line. and But yeah, I think that as a general rule, I think push comes to shove. I think every county would want to be producing their own players, you know, representing the county. Uh, you know, I think that's that's pretty important. And Worcestershire are doing a wonderful job. And I, I think by and large, you know, counties, you know, for the best part, um, you know, well, most counties are, are doing that. I know back in Yorkshire you had um, it was quite a good top-down system. So I, th- I think I remember reading somewhere that you spoke about how even the second eleven coach was involved in first eleven team planning with, with regards to I think it was, was it Ian Dews who you would con- constantly consult with yep. in terms of up and coming well, players. Well, we, we we just what we did at Yorkshire was it was a collective effort. We were a support staff, so we all worked together. Um, and, we didn't want any players who were going to be in the first team to be surprised about you know whatever standards 
Matt, so we're consistent with our messages, um, how they can improve, um, what expectations are, um, train and prepare, and um, way they conduct themselves on the field. So I think you, you know, if you have that consistency throughout the club, you know, you'd like to think that that they get get used to you know how things are, are being done, and for you know are afforded an opportunity to play, um, you know, up the chain in the club. Or well, have you tried to do it the same way? Or you... Well, I mean, when when I was asked about the job, a big push was for the players as much as possible. Um, you know, you, you do have to find the balance. You know, that, that's not to say that you know, as a club, if there's an opportunity to, it doesn't mean you don't seek that. But as a general rule, we, we want to produce as wide, you know, homegrown Sussex players as we possibly can, and. And we're stepping in the right direction. Young bowler George Garton, and yep. I think a lot of that was probably seen in bowl six balls in a row. Mm. Um, how does it? How does your job come into it? Focus on what he's doing in the here and now, rather than the noises from outside. Yeah, it is managing expectation, um, and you know, people around ECB, you know, the coaches. So, um, you know, we've spoken to George about performances are going to count. You know, if you perform well in the second, time. and I know that there is time and a place to pick on potential uh, at the moment and what we're really encouraging you know at Sussex we, we want players to to be to on that and George is you know one of a number of our players who who would desperately love to be in the first early season he's been injured he's had a couple of injuries uh, which you know has um, prevented him from great so we've been really really pleased with how to learn and improve his his game and you know he's you know he's a he's He's going to be a fine young Bunfield. He's got one of the best arms you'll you'll ever see, um, and he can bat as well. So, you know, to you know, to perform really strongly at his club, you know, be a dominant player at his club. You know, when that opportunity for the first team comes up, you know, make sure, you know if there's a spot that opens up, you know, to give give me feedback. So Michael Yardy's our second team coach, and you know the question I'll ask, for instance, I might say need a fast bowler, I've got an injury, mm. who would you put your name to? And I say to all the boys, well, you've got to be the one, you've got to be that name that Yards will say. Um, and the only way you can do that is by putting performances on the board at second time. Felix White who speaks to English spinners about their, their debut tests and he's gone to Min Patel, Phil Tufnell, Graham Swan, Monty Panasar, Robin Hobbs, Ian Salisbury. I think there was a bit of kinship between him and Ian Salisbury. There, there, there was in his, in his head at least between all of them. Yeah. Uh, Felix being a kind of slightly erratic left arm spinner and number 11 bat himself and, and, and he wanted to kind of find out, wanted to investigate if there was any kind of uh, connection between or a lineage if you like running through English spinners. Um, and so he asked them about their debuts in particular. Salisbury's in particular was a fascinating one. Salisbury took five wickets against Pakistan and Lords. I, I remember watching that live as a kid and Jarvis Meander had caught a slip by Beefy as well. And, and at the time, it looked like the, the, the kind of the great white hope had, had shown up in English cricket. And of course, you know, for Salisbury, it didn't quite happen. Um, the, the spectre of Warren sh- was quite heavy throughout that era as well, I think, for, for all England spinners, but especially those that turned it away from the bat. Um, and we came on the idea, onto this idea because England have fielded three debutant spinners this year already 
in Crane, in Leach, and in Bess. Uh, and for the start of the India series, of course, they went back to Adil Rashid, whose time maybe as a test player he would have thought was up, we probably thought was up. And Jason, you wrote something, I think, in The Guardian. Mm. And give us a little glimpse into the kind of character that he is in your experience. Well, look, first, I, I think where Adil probably missed a trick a little bit, either Adil or the ECB missed a trick, is, is it, it certainly wasn't a spur of the moment, like a day before the Test match, oh, we're going to pick Adil Rashid. It's it, spoken it, to it, him it, earlier it, in the summer. And yeah. it obviously been there, and, and there was a really good opportunity before that Test match that he played to play um, a county championship match against... Lancashire and I, I, I think a deal missed a trick there. I, th- I think he probably should have made himself available for that game um, to to get used to buying with the Duke ball, which he hadn't bowled with for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it a reflection of the relationship between club and look? That, 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 that's speculating, uh, obviously, but um, you know the, you know the, it's been well documented. There has been uh, a, an issue or two there, and and that's all, all I wrote in uh, yeah. my article was well, if there are issues. Rather than having all this speculation through, you know, everyone writing an article, let, let's let's get some clarification. What, what exactly is yeah. going on? Because it, it was it was pretty clear that there was there was something not quite right there. Um, as for working with the deal, I, I found him fantastic. Um, he bowls his overs. He, he'll, he'll bowl in the nets. He'll, he'll train well. He's he's admittedly he's not a big one for the gym or uh, these sort of these sort of things. That the, the fitness side of it. It's not to say he's not fit. Uh, because he is fit, he's fit enough to bat and bowl and field all day, and um, you know, so he he's he's fine like that. He just loves his cricket, and he, he bowl he'll bowl for hours in the nets. He'll bat for a long time, um, you know. And I think very much for a deal. I think it's how um, your language with him, how you how you talk to him, how you how your relationship with him is um, that's really important. And I think how, so how, how, how do you coach him? Because you took him to Adelaide Strikers yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> let him bowl. Like, um, does he need an arm round him more yeah, than other d- players? Uh, he, he, he's, he's actually not too bad in, in that sense. <coughs> um, he, he just likes to sit around a dressing room after play and talk cricket for hours, or whatever. He, he likes to get go home and you know, and probably necessary as well. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think as a general rule, and you touched on you know England's English spinners and, and the like and. And I think with, with, you know, with a deal especially, uh, you know, I think it's a language you use. Uh, you know, I hear it a lot, and I've heard it a lot in county cricket. Oh, the spinner's got to play a holding role. He's got to go for under three runs and over. And um, that sort of language to a bowler like a deal as a wrist spinner, um, in my opinion, doesn't really work because as soon as uh, as soon as you say to someone like a deal, oh, don't go for more than three and over. All he's thinking about is going for three over three and over, yeah. tensing up, and um, you know we, he used to talk about. So, what, what sort of things do you feel when, when you're feeling at your best? And he talked about being long and loose. So, you know, you know, his, um, you know, with with his with his arms and that, mm-hmm. and being nice and loose and mm-hmm. and spinning the ball hard. And I said, well, just make that your focus, and mm. well, don't worry. Well, I think the the key is to get your fields right, mate. Like, yeah, sure. You know, don't be afraid to have. You know, it's okay to have a sweeper out and um, initially, and until you find your find your lines and lengths, because you know, rather than see him as someone who can contain and control the run rate, I saw him as a real attacking weapon that yeah. could could take wickets. Yeah. The quickest way to bowl a team out is by taking wickets, and um, you know, I think you, you can, you know, for for someone like a dill. It, 
in my opinion, they need to be used as an attacking weapon as opposed to a holding role, if that yeah. makes sense. I think we haven't seen much of it yet this summer, but I think that's what England are looking mm. for from him. And I think they made some noise about that before the first test. Mm. This is his fourth test of the summer, but in effect, it's his third because at Lord he didn't bowl back yeah, yeah. or take a catch, did he? So, yeah. A did, classic did he, TFC. Did he even touch the ball? <laughs> 20, well 26 done. touches, I think. 26, 26 touches, touches brilliant. <laughs> That's the kind someone, of some would say that's a great game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd say that. It, yeah, absolutely. It's his tea as well, tea and lunch, take that. Um, Dizzy, thank you so much for your time. No really problem. Really appreciate the, the awkwardness of having to do this at this particular time, but that's okay. they've only lost the two wickets in this time. So and, any, any slight pauses in the in the broadcast was just when we were just <laughs> yeah. waiting to see if we went to hand. No, it's fine. But look, whatever happens will happen. You know, trust the lads to... Um, to get the job done and, and hopefully they do and in a couple of weeks time of course T20 finals day as well best yeah. of luck with that thank you, you, you very you're much you're the most entertaining T20 side I've seen this year mm-hmm. that bowling side <laughs> is a dream uh, and good bowling sides win T20 tournaments we've seen it before good yeah. luck oh, thank you very much guys appreciate it as well. thank you very much no problem at all Podcast Network.